0: Let's go and get started tonight. We're still missing a few. Of our first kids seen this year. We haven't had this class since last year. Before we get started, though, while everybody's still coming in and all the kids, you're welcome to come on down. Uh, if you did not have the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, if you'll head back to the little chapel in the foyer to, the, to my left, uh, you'll be served at this time. You'll be served right now. All right. It's a new year. Let's all say the books of the Bible together. Let's have some bass and some tenor. <clears throat> all the rest of it, all right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Genesis. Genesis, the first, and Second Thessalonians, Versailles, got an announcement on here that I want to make in just a minute, if I can find it. Okay. All right. Uh, There is a couple of things that I want us to note tonight before we begin. First of all, we are glad you're here. It's the first uh, Sunday Evening Bible class of 2023. It looks like we've got a good number present. We are grateful for that. If you are visiting with us tonight, we are extremely honored uh, that you're here. Uh, We hope that maybe you won't rush off too quickly, but give us a chance to uh, visit with you and express our appreciation for being here. Uh, First of all, we're very thankful that uh, everything went well with uh, the twins of Evan and Tori Pounds, and uh, they came home yesterday, and I'll just mention uh, for uh, your knowledge that uh, Miller Kate Pounds weighed five pounds and two ounces and was 19 inches long and miles lee pounds was 5.2 pounds and was 18 and a half inches long so we got a sweet little boy and girl twins and uh, we are thankful for them i'm not gonna mention any more i know parker's the big sister and i don't want to get into the relative thing just right now until i have my notes all squared away to leave anybody out but we w- we're glad they're doing well we're glad they're home and uh, we need to do what we can to uh, assist them. Also, uh, I want us to remember Brother Eddie Mooney in our prayers. He is scheduled to go to Baptist Hospital in Memphis, uh, Baptist on Walnut Grove, and he'll be having surgery at approximately 7.30 on Tuesday morning. And so we wanna continue to pray for him as well as others that we know that are on our sick list. So uh, before we are dismissed, I want us to have a word of prayer. And then we'll have a song uh, before our teachers go to class. And then, how are y'all going to go to class tonight? I'm going to walk. That's good. All right. Will you bow with me? Our merciful and kind Heavenly Father, we are grateful for all you do for us. We're thankful, especially at the beginning of a new year, for the way that you blessed us, the way that you've demonstrated your love and care for us in such a, a bountiful way. Father, there are many that we know that are sick. We're so thankful that uh, the Pounds have had good news and everything's going well with the delivery of the twins and they're all home safe and doing well. There are others, Father, that we know that are sick, that need our prayers, those that may be recovering from surgery, uh, those that are at home with various illnesses. Father, we ask a very special blessing on behalf of our brother Eddie Mooney as he is Uh, going to be going to Memphis for surgery Uh, this coming Tuesday. We pray that you would watch over him and that you would be with the doctors and nurses that will be doing the surgery, that things will go well, and there'll be positive results, and he'll be able to come back home very, very soon. Fathers, we begin a new year. We ask your blessings upon this church. We are so thankful for this past year, for what we may have accomplished, but may we Never just rest on our laurels, Father. May we launch out and reach forward as we were challenged today. Uh, may we reach forward in the future to be better than we ever have been uh, in the past. Father, we pray that you would continue to bless us all, and we pray that we would glorify you in all that we do. It's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. All right. Jesus,
1: love. Little children, all the children of the world, bring your
2: you're having to work boo sorry but that's just the way it is i have a list of sick people we're going to be praying for in just a minute i'll go through my list okay and then if you have an update or you would like to add someone to this list we'll do that and we will all go to god on their behalf irene baker melinda hester's mother has terminal cancer Austin Wentz is undergoing a long-term series of chemo treatments. Some of them are more difficult on him than others. Don Dawson is not well. Wade Davis is still missing. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Kelby Smith has Parkinson's, and he occasionally has some other health issues related to that. Cody McGee is recovering from his foot surgery and seems to be doing pretty well. Chopper, he's here. I don't even like to ask him how's he doing because guess what, he's in a lot of pain, but thank you for being here, Chopper. Real encouragement to us. Larry Kennedy has a mass in his shoulder, has been undergoing some tests. He does. Okay, undergoing treatment.
1: Uh, Daniel
2: Rondal has kidney failure, stage four. Uh, He can receive medication for it. He's one of our missionaries in Guyana. Uh, Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rawlison has brain cancer. Lex Crawson has several health issues. Joan and Martha's sister, Norma, has some health problems. Tony Presley has leukemia. Marty Woodruff has cancer. Lynn's here. She's recovering from a broken arm. Patsy Bain's recovering from total hip replacement surgery. Eli Johnson is undergoing treatments for cancer. Jackie Lambert, who's Dale's sister, she's going to be having surgery. Is it in the next few days or? Okay, find out this week. Janice's mother-in-law is at Landmark. Uh, the McBride McGr- family, remember Micah, who has leukemia. As uh, was mentioned, Eddie's having his surgery on Tuesday morning. Bryson Lambert is Susan Lambert's son, has had COVID anyway. Any update? Still have COVID? Okay. then we rejoice and we're thankful. Merle Crow's recovering from surgery on his hand and also had some surgery on his lip. That's why he holds out his left hand as opposed to his right hand because he don't want you squeezing it, right? That's right. But he's, he's recovering and doing pretty well. Uh, Cassie Stewart had surgery on her elbow. It's very painful right now, so... Pray that she recovers well following that. Linda Shirley's very ill. Uh, my daughter-in-law, our daughter-in-law, is expecting January the 2nd. Let's see what's today. Oh, that's tomorrow. So, but, you know, hey, um, Carl, Anita's dad, used to say, when the apple is ripe, the apple will drop. So, that's what we're waiting for. Sorry, Whitney. Um, but uh, Marley's arm, still problematic. Okay, she had some fainting spells. So hopefully they can get to the bottom of that. Uh, of course, uh, the Pounds welcomed their twins. Isn't that extraordinary? That's just, I'm very excited for them. And Joanne called the other day. They, she has COVID. At the time, Ben had not tested positive, but, you know, it kind of comes in a package deal, seems like. So uh, remember the Roberts in your prayers. Who's next? Yes. velho e Oh, okay. What's What's her name? name? something that is funny. At least it's funny to me. So first I start off, you know, using a pen and write You can't read my writing. Now we know why. <laughs> it wasn't even close to start with, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> John wrote Bible study together father in heaven thank you for a great day today thank you for extending our lives to this moment in time and thank you for the privilege it is to be able to be a part of this congregation here in Boonville what an extraordinary place to be thank you Lord for just the the atmosphere that we have we really feel like a family and we're just privileged to be in your family. We have concerns, though, for all these people that we have listed here who are sick, either have been active members or are friends of ours or family, and we're praying, Lord, for their deliverance from these afflictions. We pray that you'll bless Irene Baker, that she'll have good days with her family, meaningful and days filled with good memories. We pray for Austin Wentz as he undergoes his long series of treatments we ask your blessings on Don Dawson that his health would get better and we also pray for Brenda she cares for him and the children in the home we pray for the Davis family I can't imagine what they've been through through these holidays but I know that their trust is squarely in you and I'm thankful that you are so faithful and you love us so much. I pray your mercy, your grace, your love on this family. And so many just pray for closure just to know one way or the other uh, where or what's happened to Wade. We ask your blessings on Carolyn Wilcutt as she recovers. We pray she's close to normal and can be back with us. Bless Bobby Petty and his battle with lung cancer. Bless Kelby Smith that he'll have good days. We pray for Cody McGee that he can recover fully from his foot injury and to be back at work. We pray for Chopper Taylor that you will give him relief from uh, this uh, terrible bout with just sheer pain in his body. And Lord, we're all encouraged and built up with his presence, but we do pray that you will provide him relief. We pray for Larry Kennedy as he's to find out exactly what his treatment for the lymphoma will be. We pray it's a success. Bless Danny Ramdahl that he can get the treatment he needs for his kidney issues. We pray for Van Roberts in his battle with pancreatic cancer. Bless Paul Rawlison, who battles brain cancer. We pray for Lex Crawson's health. We pray for Norma that she can have good days. Bless Tony Presley in his battle with leukemia. Marty Woodruff with cancer. We're thankful that Lynn is here, but I'm sure she also experiences a lot of pain and healing, so we pray she'll get relief from that, that she'll have a full recovery and have good use of her arm again. We pray for Bats, Patsy as she recovers from her surgery. Pray it's a full recovery. She can walk about freely and be with us soon. Bless Eli Johnson in his treatments. We pray that they will reap some kind of benefit. Bless Jackie Lambert as she has surgery soon. We pray for Teresa Taylor and her new surroundings. We pray that she'll get good treatment at Landmark, and we also think of Quitman, who's there, who's fallen several times. We pray he'll have good days, too. Pray for Micah McBrayer and his battle with leukemia and for his family. Uh, Lord, we just supplicate, we beg you that you'll bless Eddie and his surgery, and we pray it's going to be a huge success that his body will be completely free of the cancer and that he'll heal well. Bless Bryson Lambert who's on the mend and we rejoice in that. We pray for Merle Crow who's recovering. We pray he'll have a full recovery and be able to do the chores that he enjoys doing at home. Bless Cassie Stewart in her recovery from surgery that it'll be complete and she will heal well. Bless. Linda Shirley, who's been ill. Bless Whitney Forrest, who's to have a baby soon. And we rejoice in all that. We pray for Marley as her arm's not done as it should, and now she's having these fainting spells. We pray her visit to the cardiologist will reveal whatever the situation is and that they'll have a good plan to deal with it. We pray your blessings on Tori and Evan, who've welcomed two children into this world, and Lord, we rejoice in that. But I'm sure that it is a difficulty um, taking care of two newborns, and we just pray for their encouragement, for uh, their physical well-being. We pray they can get needed rest and. For the rest of the family that lends a hand, we just pray all of that's going to work out great. They can enjoy uh, this, this new circumstance. We pray for the Roberts who have COVID in their home. We pray that they'll get well and, and be with us real soon. Bless Andy Bailey, who's having a foot amputated. Uh, most of us can't imagine what that's like, but we do sympathize and we pray that all will go well. Bless Kaylee Owens, who has dislocated her knee. We pray that that's whatever therapy or whatnot's going to be involved. We pray that it'll go well and she can have good use of her knee again. pray for Dawn Davidson's mother, who is suffering with these blood clots and has been for a while now. We pray that medication is going to take care of her issues. We pray blessings on John Roten. Who's having some health problems right now and we pray that can be resolved we pray for Scotty uh, Enos who has leukemia it seems like there are a lot of people on this list Lord that have leukemia or some kind of cancer and we just pray Lord that you'll bless these folks that they'll have success in the battle that they're dealing with and Help us as is our opportunity to offer encouragement and support when we can and to take on the fight alongside them. Thank you for the privilege it is to be a part of this assembly and pray that you'll bless us in our study. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I know some of you are visiting, so I'll just tell you that we're, we're kind of in, in the midst of a study on leadership. We've talked generally about leadership now we're getting down to the oh no the nitty-gritty we're looking at some of the details of what the scriptures require of our leaders and we're looking at basically two positions one is with regard to our elders and we're going to be looking at two sections of scripture one right after the other the first we're in right now that's from first Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 7 the qualifications for elders. And I say qualifications, not just qualities, because the text is very specific about what's expected here. It isn't just that these men should be this or that. The text says in the English, and literally expressed in the original language, that these are things that must be in place. So these are requirements of God related to, well, in my mind, the highest office in the world. I don't care what you are. If you are serving as a shepherd over God's people, the only person above you is the chief shepherd, 1 Peter chapter 5. So we're going to look at that section first, and we're in that now. And then we're going to follow that up immediately with Titus chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. That is Titus's take on that, or his expression of it. And there they're very similar lists, but there are a few little variations. We're going to look at the variations, not just go over stuff again and again. Then the second thing we're going to do is look at, well, it says likewise, so I take it the idea is just as much as these were required of bishops, so it's going to be true of those who are deacons, and that's going to be verses eight to thirteen of First Timothy chapter three. And I encourage you to be reading those texts ahead of time and familiarizing yourself with it. And a lot of times just seeing those words in context, kind of seeing the big picture of how they all connect together gives you, I think, pretty good idea of what God's expecting. Now, I'm not here to qualify or disqualify anybody. Um, I I would have you point that finger at me, but I just kind of don't like that very much. So just keep your fingers to yourself, but... I will say that I am not a police officer I'm not a police officer in the Word of God either it's not my job to supervise you and make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's what what my job is is to share with you what the Bible says and then your response to that that's in your hands so I want to do the best I can to share with you what the Scripture teaches and in this setting, we're going to look at that and, you know, we'll probably banter about about some things. Um, I have a scripture reader for us, so we'll be looking at some scriptures together. But I, I know you love that smooth, melodic sound of Hollywood as he reads those scriptures. <laughs> but you know what? You have a Bible. Yes, since it's a Bible study, I would think we bring our Bible to it. So you be looking at those scriptures in, in your Bible. And that way you can familiarize yourself a little bit. So we started, we've looked at several things already. We looked at the fact that it was, a, for bishops, a position that is to be desired. So it's not something we're going to force you to do. But what the elders here are hoping that you will do is examine yourself relative to these scriptures and then that you will have the desire. Because as we have talked about several different times, God needs you for this position. There's no time that has ever existed, I don't suppose, where it's more important for there to be good, strong, capable, faithful leaders who are committed to leading God's people. This is a challenging time and we're on the ragged edge of history as we go, so literally there will have never been anybody quite like you, and maybe God just as he did in the time of Mordecai, could say as he did with Mordecai that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther responded positively, maybe maybe you'll do the same. So aside from just simple desire we found out last time and after reviewing that I thought, man this is going to take forever ever because we consider blameless and the husband of one wife (laughs) two, and there's loads more so i just want to know what the bible says don't you so my thing is hey if we fly through it great maybe it's that easy if if we have to slow down with some things to better understand it or to get all that we can out of it then i'm good with that too are you good with that i'm just you know peace whatever that's that's what we're going to do, but I'm just <laughs> saying I hope, hope you're with me on that. Okay, so we just, want to, we just want to continue on down the list. So, blameless, husband of one wife, temperate. Temperate is kind of an interesting word. You might, you might say, and I was tempted to lead with this, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. You remember we were talking about how terrible it was for the church in Laodicea, Revelation chapter 3, to be lukewarm. Neither cold nor hot. Nod your head this way. You do remember that. In fact, I mentioned it this morning. Well, guess what? Temperate kind of means <laughs> kind of means lukewarm. It, it means they're even, Stephen. Right? Not too hot. Not too cold. Just kind of. It's kind of in the middle. Kind of easy going. Um, I, I wrote two things up there that I found from word studies that I thought were pretty significant. And, and if we blend some of this stuff together, to me, this is like flavoring. You know, you can just eat a piece of bread, but isn't bread better when you put a little butter on it? And maybe a little pear preserves or something. Somebody gave us some pear preserves, I love that. But just seasoning it up, when, when, you, when you add all the little nuances to it, it becomes a little bit better. So not only is it the idea of temperate, it's the sense that a person has good judgment. So that's, that's the nuance of the not the cold and not the hot. And when I say good judgment, I'm talking about somebody who doesn't just jump on the latest idea. Do you know what I mean by that? Do something. Uh, you do okay. What do I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a- another way to express that is to keep your head. Now, some people think when you say keep your head, you mean don't get mad, don't get angry. Well, okay, that would be that would be kind of the farthest extension of that idea, but, but the idea really of keeping your head is, I'm not just going to jump just because this seems like the latest thing. Someone told me once that, for instance, I, I don't know, and I don't, I don't even know how you guys reacted to it, so I'm just going to throw this out here and hope that nobody throws tomatoes or whatever, but you remember years ago there used to be bus ministries. Okay, well... When bus ministries first started, there were some people who were like, yes, yes, yes. And then there were other people who slammed on the brakes, said, no, no, no. And then there were other people who just kind of waited, let that thing simmer a little bit, think about it. What are the advantages? What are the drawbacks? What's this going to cost? How is this going to impact our community? What will it do to our... You know what I'm saying? It sounds like a great idea. Maybe it'll work some places. Maybe it won't work some places. Okay? That's just one example. All kinds of quote-unquote programs are tried places. Some places are very effective doing door knocking. Some places... Not very effective doing door knocking. You you get me? All kinds of stuff that churches can do within the framework of trying to evangelize or whatever. But when a question of whether we're going to do one thing or another or we have to decide between a couple of different things, which is going to be best for us, if you've got somebody who just reacts immediately to everything that comes without even thinking about it, that is the very opposite. Of being temperate. Does that make sense? So it's somebody who takes the time to really think through a thing. Now, okay, we're gonna go temperate to sober minded, but before we get sober minded, I wanted to mention that because actually another way of translating temperate is guess what? The first part of that. Sober. Now, what does it mean to be sober? Okay, clear, clear thinking. I'm going to weigh the stuff and come to a decision based on some facts that I have. I have a friend, in fact, get ready to go on a mission trip with him, Robert Martin. Robert, Robert drives me nuts. It's because of this. I'll say, hey, Robert, blah, 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 what do you think about that? <clears throat> He'll say, well, let me think about it. Let me pray about it, and I'll get back with you on it. Why does that drive me nuts? Why would that drive you nuts? I want, give me an answer, give me an answer, give me an answer. Uh, He told me that part of the reason that he is like that is that when he was a young preacher, uh, he was, I won't say he was a disciple of, but someone he really looked up to was Franklin Camp. I don't know if any of you knew Franklin Camp but robert was down in the fiji islands and back in those days in order to talk to anybody in the united states first of all it cost like you know 60 dollars a minute or something and then you were on this fiber optic trunk line that went from fiji under the ocean all the way to the us how do you do that i don't know but they had this huge trunk line and when you talked on the phone it was like talking on a two-way radio so you speak over you wait for them to get it they hear it they respond over it took so it cost a fortune to talk and it took forever to communicate so robert had this question bible question he called franklin camp on the phone and he asked him he said hey um, what what's the answer to this question and franklin camp asked well how long have you studied this question robert said well uh, you know, not really any. I just, you know, I need a quick, you know, this or that about it. And he said, well, when you've studied it for a month, you call me back. Click. <laughs> so it's like, Whoa. So now Robert is very studied in his response to serious questions. Is that a good practice? Yes, because invariably you will immediately do what with your foot if you don't. You'll stick it right in that mouth. Or you will come to a hasty decision. Now, we're not talking about you. If it was just you, you know, if you want to be careless like that and just jump and, and do crazy things and get a reputation for being fickle, go right ahead. But if you are a leader in the Lord's church, then when a decision has to be made, how should you make that decision? Very, very carefully. And, and here's the thing, and I'm not talking about pure scriptural questions. I, I, I've, I've rarely been in a meeting of elders where there was a debate about, you know, one of our fundamental truths. I, I've, I can't think of any. But when it comes to matters of opinion, there might be sometimes when you choose to side with something that really wasn't your taste or even anything that you thought Would work maybe you were totally against it but for the good of the congregation even maybe you will agree to do something that you just I don't know just really wasn't in your wheelhouse is that making sense as a leader am I looking out for my welfare or am I looking out for that of the church church okay D Okay, Um, thank you. And I did not know your dad, but that sounds like a good elder. Anybody know that elder? Sounds like a good elder. So, having a mind that isn't just quick to react, but one that that considers a situation and reacts with with good thought. Yes, Stephen? Uh,
3: When I. I spent almost a decade in Tennessee um, teaching, and I remember very well in a very large high school, um, you know, there's different school of thought and so not being judgmental, but in the course of about five years, the administration that we had came up with some really good ideas, went to workshops, bought books for us, sent us to workshops with this school of thought to implement in their classroom three different times totally opposed to one another. In other words, it's a different way of doing it. Yeah. Okay. We were given those books, we were going you know, to incorporate this uh, 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 systemology into your classrooms, but no follow-up, never any time to actually let it happen. And I can remember the next academic year, one particular occasion, we got new books, new workshop, new idea, totally different thing. In other words, it was a great idea, it was a great fad educationally. But they didn't give you time to actually work. You know, it's a great idea, we love it. Let's buy the books, let's buy the material, let's, let's all jump on board, let's do the thing. But nobody ever followed up to make sure the thing got done and or gave time to be done. It's just, you know, it was like the, like you were talking about the past yeah. yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't
2: it wear you out? And and not just with church things, but doesn't it wear you out when it just seems like just, just when you are beginning to get the last thing, somebody's coming up with something new. And now we got to totally gear up for something else. School system is uh, about that a lot. The latest thing, oh, this was successful over here, so let's all do that. It may not work. Maybe what we're doing right now is terrifically successful. doesn't mean that we have to give up on it. But who's going to make that decision? Men who are what? Very temperate, very even thinking, very sober in terms of the thought process related to everything that comes along. Good, considerate thinking, even stewing <laughs> elders. Okay, so temperate. Oh, I'm sorry. You ever do that? Uh, elders or anybody else who is leader, if you don't do this, you, you ought to develop it. Uh, take a pad like we've got right here and just write, oops, just write pros on one side of it and cons on the other with your question at the top and just start listing the things. Uh, usually, when you go through a process like that, it pretty, pretty quickly resolves itself. Unless you are just doggedly determined to do something, you don't care what, which ought to say something about your decision making, yes? Okay.
1: Yeah, so don't come at me and say, hey,
2: Ken, this, what's, what's the answer? Maybe I don't know. Or maybe I need to think about it a little bit. But all of us, yeah, I think all of us ought to be a little more contemplative sometimes than just quickly jumping to a conclusion. Okay, uh, temperate, sober-minded. So sober-minded then is is getting kind of Really, in more detail about it, temperate's kind of the—I don't know—the outward expression, the the stewing, the stewability. I just made that word up, and I don't know how to spell it, by the way. But the stewability that you have. Now we're moving to sober-mindedness, which is going to really talk about the attitude by which you are making these contemplations. Um, It's a it's a serious attitude. Now. Stop right there. Do not think, well, then we've got to choose elders who have no sense of humor. That, that is not what I'm talking about. Sense of humor is great. Uh, being able to get along with people and blend and, you know, just, just know people. That, that's wonderful. But this has to be someone who has gravity about them, got their feet on the ground, not just totally goofing off all the time. Why would that be important in an eldership, in the leadership of the church in Boonville? Okay, it's serious, yes. Doesn't mean can't have a sense of humor, but people's, soul, yeah, people's souls are, are at stake. So, you know, just, I don't know being light about everything related to especially spiritual matters uh, when it comes to and you know there are all kinds of situations that arise that are discussed in elders meetings Spe- the, the things we would hope they're talking about much or maybe uh, the spiritual condition of a soul is that a time to be joking about uh, concerning their situation making light of what they've found themselves in uh even Kind of an extension of that would be having a gossipy sort of attitude about how in the world, you know, making light of a very private and personal situation. To be sober-minded means that my my whole attitude about me uh, is a settled one. Again, doesn't mean that a person can't have a light disposition about them, but when it comes to spiritual matters, uh, they take a very, very serious turn. Uh, of good behavior. I thought this was pretty interesting because uh, w- when, you look up, when you look up the words, it means to be organized in your thinking and in your living. Now, I want to throw something else out there because I thought this was interesting. I-, I wrote modest here. That's actually from 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9. Anybody know what the context of that is, what he's talking about? Okay, he's talking about women's apparel there in that text. And he says that the women are to be modest in their apparel. Okay, let's talk about that for a second. What does it mean to be modest? Covered up. Okay. Every, <laughs> I can always count on you, Sue. Uh, means everything's all covered up. Yeah. Uh, but if if you are modest, um, what does what that... How are you within the group, let's say, let's say it that way? Okay, yeah, that, that's it. You do not draw attention to yourself. Now, that's right, Sue. So if you're not properly covered up, likely <laughs> uh, you're going you're to get undue attention. But, but that's the idea. Not drawing undue attention, inordinate attention to yourself. You are blending in. That's modesty. That's what that is. So think about that. Uh, to be of good behavior, to be organized in your thinking or in your living, to kind of what? You're, you're, you're blending in, right? Y- y- your behavior, you know what little chicks do to what? One- okay, so I-, I don't know if you've ever been in those big chicken houses where, believe it or not, there'll be 5,000 chicks in there. 5,000 chicks. But if you have one little chick that somehow or another got a little red spot on itself or got a little splotch of dirt, you know what the rest of the chicks will do to that chick? They will absolutely peck it to death because it's different, okay? Now, you are a leader in the church. How are you supposed to be among the sheep? On this point. You kind of, they're my people, right? Uh, there ought to be a question of, wait a minute. You know, he is so, he is so out there, right? Because what has, he, what has he done? The shepherd sleeps with who? The shepherd is living with the sheep the whole time, right? The idea is that there is such a close and abiding relationship. W- what was that expression? You know they smell like sheep. The elders smell like sheep. Why do they smell like sheep? Because they're with the sheep. They're in a mingling with the sheep. It's it's my people, and I'm in this close association with them. So the, the idea of good behavior doesn't mean well. He just acts good. It means he's somebody whose behavior is like everybody else, right? N- not sinful, right? We're the church, but his his behavior doesn't just necessarily blow everybody away he's one he is one of us he is one of us what does it mean to be hospitable if you can read that you have the answer hospitable (laughs) okay yeah yeah okay yeah it's because of my writing that's hospitable up there. Okay, so um, here we go, Hollywood. What's Romans twelve fifteen tell us to do? You're on call, you know, all the time. I just drop a bomb on you anytime I want to. Okay,
4: we're going to get it right here. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep.
2: Romans 12, 13? 13. You're yes? not 15. Right.
4: Disputing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality.
2: Given to hospitality. What does that say about. Okay, so I'm a lover of strangers. If I'm given to that, what does that mean? I want it. That's my thing. I want to do that. Leaders in the church, what? Want to want to do it? Want to do it? Okay, Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 2. Have there ever been an occasion when? Wow, I don't know. You know, this seems kind of odd, but I should always be ready to care for people because we never know what. (laughs) He beat you to it. (laughs) Go ahead and read it.
4: Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware.
2: Okay, to entertain a stranger is to do what? To be hospitable. There have been occasions when people being hospitable actually were caring for who? An angel. An angel. Wow! Well, Abraham did that, didn't he? Sure did. Uh, okay. A- abs- abs- absolutely. Yes. Okay. Uh, how about 1 Peter 4 verse 9?
4: This use, will get us- use hospitality one to another without grudging.
2: Don't, don't be grudging, which means what? I'll do it, but, right? I'll do it. I'm an elder, so I have to do it. Stop. No. I'm an elder because I already what? I'm qualified this way. I already want to do it. And then this last one is pretty beautiful. Third John, verses 5 to
4: 8. Okay, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment. That's what you're wanting.
2: Third John. I'm in second John. That's okay. You're almost there. Third, yeah, probably. Maybe in the same Yeah, next page. Okay. Make sure I get it right here. Third John.
4: Beloved, thou dost faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles. We, ther- we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth.
2: Okay, what was the reputation? Boy, you're so good to welcome people in. And doing that tells other people what about you? But the fellowship that we enjoy, where? In, in, in Jesus, in the church. If we can't love each other, wh- what is the world going to do? Uh, seriously? Right? Okay, peace. Let's have a prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for the blessing that it is to associate with one another. Thank you for our leaders. Thank you for the example that they set before us. And we're just we're thankful that uh, they've taken on the role that they have. But I know that in the midst here, there are men who are looking into themselves and seeing whether or not they're qualified to lead this congregation. I pray, Lord, that you will identify those men and encourage them to step up with a desire to lead us into a new uh, era. Lord, thank you for today. And we pray you'll bless us with safe travel, And if it's your will, give us the light of a new day. And in that day, I pray that we will continue to grow and excel to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.